Good morning, everyone. Let's all stand to our feet. As you do that, our core kids are dismissed to their classes. Let's open our Bibles, if you would, to the book of Exodus. Book of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and we are in verse 16. When you got it, say so. And it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lord, thank you so much for your word that is true, and thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us, God. We thank you for your presence is in this place, and we just pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to move in our midst, that you would continue to open our ears, that we would be able to hear your truth. May you grab our hearts this morning with this truth that we'll look at. May your name be lifted up, and may we not just hear what you're saying, but God, may we be faithful to do it. We pray all of these things in Jesus' good name, and everyone said... Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so we are continuing in our series here. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Um, as we continue our not optional series, uh, just hold your hand up. Make sure that you get one and don't put it down or they won't know that you don't have it still. want to make sure that you have that outline. As always, want to make sure that you're able to take some notes. You're able to follow along in the introduction of the sermon. Uh, and also, as always, I like to encourage you that you are a disciple of Jesus. And as a disciple of Jesus, you are called to make disciples. In other words, you are called to help other people either come to faith in Jesus or you're there to help them grow in their faith in Jesus, one or the other. And so I just want you to know that you are important to the call of God. You are important to the, to the mission that God has given the church because if you don't make disciples, who's going to make disciples? It's our responsibility. And God has positioned you. He has placed you exactly where he wants you to be strategically for that purpose. And so I encourage you, hear from the Lord, be used by God, and realize that you're important to what God is doing in the earth. And so in your outline there, you will notice um, the, the hashtag fake news. Hello, somebody. Fake news has become a new catchphrase for the falsehood in our culture. And so whether you like the originator of that phrase or not, that is irrelevant. Um, I've seen plenty of people that don't necessarily like the originator. They still use it in a conversation when someone is saying something that is untrue. Uh, and so it's, a, it's, it's one of those words, right? But here's the reality. Aside from all of the other ugliness that has resulted from our last presidential election, one thing has become clear. Not every news source is truthful or even real. Hello. We learned that, did we not? I and mean, we were still learning that, you know, the investigations. But anyway, um, even sadder is the reality that some of our trusted news sources, some of our favorite news sources, some of those that we love and adore and listen to still have been proven to be slanted representations of the facts, if factual at all. And so it's really, really important for us that we consider who we listen to, what we listen to, and that we make sure that we are listening to those who are presenting the facts. I love one of my, one of my pastor friends. Uh, we pray together uh, on Tuesday mornings around 5 o'clock, and we, and, we, and we seek the Lord together. And he gets on there, on, you know, he gets on Facebook and different places. But his, his one thing that has become such a big deal for him, he, he posted, he's like, man, I'm so tired of watching news. He's like, because I hear their opinion more than I hear the facts. 
I hear, I hear the opinion of the person talking more than the facts, and so that's a problem. If Listen, if you are here you know, in a church, if you were in this church and I'm giving you my opinion all the time, there's a problem. Hello, somebody. If I'm just continuously saying my, my opinions on stuff and I'm not giving you the facts, I'm not giving you the truth, I'm not giving you what is bona fide, then there's an issue. Your, your life is built on sand. It's not built on a solid foundation. And that goes with anything. That goes with an opinion about whatever we want to have. If we are not getting facts and truth, there's a problem. And that is what the root of this whole command uh, about us not bearing false witness against our neighbor is all about. And so second paragraph there, as believers, we must steer clear of anything that is not truth. Someone say amen to that. As believers, if you're a believer in this place, and you may not be a believer, if you're not a believer, then you can wrestle with this on your own. But the fact is, if you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you must stay away from anything that is not truth. And I'm not talking about just things that are in the Bible, because obviously we stand firm for the truth of Scripture, but I'm talking about truth in culture. We have to stay away from anything that is not true. We must be diligent, hear me now, in our pursuit of and presentation of facts. And so we need to be a people that are diligent in the word of God, but we also need to be diligent in our relationships with one another, that we don't just take other people's word about other people, but that when we can, we get to know them. Hello, somebody. Right? You know, you walk into a place at, at work, just as an example, and you walk in there and you don't know anyone, right? I mean, you may know some people, but you don't know anyone, and all of a sudden you have a coworker that is telling you about another coworker, and you develop this opinion, and you have not even gotten to know that coworker. And you know what can happen? Here's what can happen is that you can go ahead and take that person's opinion about that other coworker, and then you make that truth. And then when that coworker does something that seems like it's accurate, you know what you do? You pigeonhole that person. All of a sudden, that's who they become. And you didn't even get to know them. You didn't sit down and have coffee with them. How many of you ever have, have ever met someone that you thought was just really stuck up? Raise your hand if you ever met someone, right? Now, now, now let me ask you this. Now, how many of you met someone, right? It's going to be a tough one. <laughs> met someone, thought they were stuck up, and found out later on they weren't stuck up after you got to know them, Right? Not ever. Now, there are some people that are, you know, prideful and arrogant and stuff like that. But I've met people, I've been accused of, you know, being certain ways and things like that. And I'm not, you know, I don't consider myself an, an overly prideful guy. I'm very competitive. Yes, I am. <laughs> but prideful and, and like just in every sense of the word and relation, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like, you know, I mean, I, 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 so the point is we can misjudge people. And when we're dealing with people, when we're dealing with our neighbor and those around us, we need to look at and deal with the facts. So good, bad, or indifferent, the truth must always trump our beliefs, desires, our fears, or doubts, especially in relationship to our fellow man that is speaking of our neighbors. We must deal in truth no matter what it is. No matter, no matter who it is, no matter what the scenario is, the truth is what really matters. Last paragraph there. We must realize as the church, listen to what I'm about to say right now. You should highlight this and underline this. This is very important. Our testimony is more important to our culture than any other organization on the planet. Do you hear me? Listen, more important than Fox News, more important than CNN, 
More important than the, than, than the briefings from the White House. Oh, you, you, you may think that that's the most important news. That is not. Listen, those are important for sure. I just use those just because. But here's the thing, right? All of those other organizations that are there, they're important for sure, and I'm not saying that they are not. But what I am telling you is this, is that our testimony is more important than the testimony of any other organization. Our witness is what is supposed to shape our world. Do you hear that? We serve the God of creation. We serve the God who spoke all into existence. We serve the God who sent his son to die in our place and sent as, as a result when he rose the power of the Holy Spirit, sent the spirit of God to dwell in and move upon humanity. And so when we walk in conjunction with the truth of God's word and we live the way that we are supposed to live, our witness matters because our witness can change, can deliver, can bring people out of bondage into liberty. But we have to recognize how imperative the truth is because what did Jesus say? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If we are not living in and walking in the truth, we will not see the power of God's liberty, the power of God's ability because we're so busy dealing in half-truths and opinions and ideas and ideologies and agendas instead of us living in the truth of God's word and living in the truth of what reality is and so we can be used by God but we have to believe that our witness matters we have to believe that our witness matters nobody else listen the world wants you to believe that you don't matter the world wants you, the church, wake up to this. You need to hear this. The world wants you to believe as the church that your voice does not matter. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. And as one person said, and it smells like smoke. Hello, somebody. It is a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants us to believe that, but you and I have to understand how important the truth that we hold and the testimony that we share. Understand this. Our words about anyone or anything matter. Realize this, wherever you are, whoever you are around, your words about any topic, about any person, they matter. So be sure they're factual. Be sure that they are truthful. Anything less than the whole truth is deceiving. Whether intentional or not, we have been called to a higher standard by God's image which we bear and his commands which we are called to obey. Understand this, church. Many, many of us have been guilty of, of reposting, retweeting, copy and pasting half-truths. And I hate to tell you this, you may not be intentionally deceitful, but you are being deceiving. Understand that. You are being deceiving if you post something that is not 100% factual. Oh, Bishop, it's not my fault. It is your fault. Nobody told you how to do that. You need to dig a little bit deeper. You need to look a little bit further. You need to go beyond the surface. And listen, I don't, I don't claim innocence in this, right, because I'm not perfect. And so anyone that wants to point the finger, well, Bishop, I saw you. You probably did. And I'm, not, and I'm not standing here like I'm throwing stones from a glass house because this truth hits me first before it hits you. And so just know this. I do my best. I can tell you that. I do my best to make sure that I don't post crazy stuff, that I don't put stuff out there that's not actual or factual. Because I realize that my words matter and what I say matters. And I've been called to a higher standard because not only am I an image bearer, everyone on the planet is, but also not just an image bearer, but I know whose image I bear. And because I know that, I reflect him and I represent him. And so get this, if the truth doesn't matter to us, our words will not matter within our culture. That's the big idea today. If 
The truth doesn't matter to us. Our words will not matter within our culture. I don't know about you, but I want my words to matter in the culture. I don't know about you, but I want my life to be significant in the culture. You should also. I want to make sure that when I speak, people are listening. I want to make sure when I communicate, people are listening. I want to make sure that when I say something, that my, that my words have a bearing on scenarios and situations. But if I don't care about the truth, my words don't matter. My words don't matter. And so the first thing I want to ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, we must understand what being a false witness entails. We must understand what being a false witness entails. And so we see this verse in verse 16. It says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And then look over at chapter 23 because I want to give you some perspective. In, in uh, chapter 23, verse 1, look what it says. It says, you shall not circulate a false report. I think that was written for our reporters today. Hello, somebody. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. I think, I think you should tweet that. Like, you should tweet that. You shall not circulate any false report, and you should tag every single news source outlet that you know of. Just tag them all, right? And that way you're just being unbiased, right? You're not, you're not attacking anyone. Just send it to an all. Because all of them need to hear that, right? When I read that, I was like, wow, man, that's like a, this could go. Like, did God know what he was talking about? Hello. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was communicating, right? And he's, and, he's not, and he's not talking about a world wide web at that time, in that moment, but it's applicable to our day today. You shall not circulate a false report is what I, in other words, you shouldn't go around bringing lies about people and talking stuff about people. Like this is the heart of what God is trying to communicate within this area of us not bearing false witnesses. So what does this command mean? The heart of this command and, 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 the, and the setting of this command is one that is looking at a legal setting or a court type of testimony and so in other words in those in the times when these scriptures were written uh the, the, you know that that Moses was the one who was writing these and so Moses was like the main prophet over Israel at the time and then when his when his father-in-law Jethro came his father-in-law said it's not wise for you to be the only judge over the people he said but a point for you judges right uh, in other words a point for you elders that can help you and they can judge the lighter matters and then the weightier matters bring them to yourself and so in that day in that time what would happen was if I had a gripe with let's say Ozzy and I decided you know I, I, I let's say I lost something right I broke something I something happened with something that I possessed and Ozzy was the person who was closest to me in proximity and I and I didn't have a means to make to fix this thing or get it back what I could do is I could falsely accuse Ozzy and bring him before the judge and say hey man this guy broke my thing this guy stole my stuff. This guy took this away from me. This guy did. What, I, I could falsely accuse him. And the whole point is because I'm trying to get whatever it is that I need. And so that's the idea. That's the setting. And so what God is trying to say is don't do that because here's what happened. If I bring Ozzy before the congregation and I say that he is this person that stole from me or lied to me or something of that nature, then you know what happens? All of a sudden, everybody else starts seeing Ozzy as what? This dishonest person. 
And so I've messed him up. And so here's the thing. That's the, that's the setting and the heart of this. And then when you look at the word, our neighbor, it's not just the guy who lives next to me. It's a general word used. It's Rhea in the, in the Hebrew. And what it means is, it, is it, literally, it, it literally means anyone you come in contact with. And so in other words, you don't have to live next door to the person. You can work with the person. The, the, the person can be someone that, that, that lives in another city. It doesn't have to be around you. Someone that you, that, that, that you interact with, right? Anyone. So don't lie. Don't bear false witness. But here's what we got to get about this, is that this is not just talking about the public setting. This is also talking about the private setting. Are you here? This is not just about not going to court against someone. This is about me not sitting down and saying, yo, Jonathan, you know Ozzy? I try to talk to this guy about this thing, and all of a sudden I'm tail bearing, right? That's what that is. You know, that's what, that's, that's what tail bearing is. I'm telling a story. I'm defaming his character, not just publicly, but privately. And so this is what, and, and let, me, let me help you to understand this. This doesn't just deal with bearing false witness against your neighbor in a court setting or bearing false witness about your neighbor in a private setting. This deals with any kind of lying at all. That's why the title of this message is Lying. Lying is not optional for a Christian, not being, or, in, or, or it is not an option for us to be dishonest. And so I looked at Matthew Henry's commentary, and I'm just going to read through how he breaks this down. He says this, um, when you're dealing with bearing false witness, it means speaking falsely in any matter, lying, equivocating, or, any, or in any way, devising to deceive our neighbor. So don't lie about your neighbor, don't lie to your neighbor. Don't, 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 don't be vacillating. Don't be going back and forth with your neighbor. Be honest with your neighbor. Speaking unjustly against our neighbor to the prejudice of his reputation. And so speaking about someone where they don't deserve it, that would be you bearing false witness. Bearing false witness against him. Laying to his charge things that he knows not. Have you ever just like never even had a conversation with someone and then you start talking about them behind their back? That is bearing false witness about them. Hello. Because you know, sometimes people don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, well, I'm telling the truth about the Holy Spirit, but have you even talked to them? I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I know that I, that I offend people, and I'm, and I'm clueless. Hello. Right? Like, I know that I do stuff, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I only know this because there have been people that have been honest enough to have conversations with me, and later on they tell me I did something. I'm like, man, I had no idea. Like, I was clueless to what happened. And so can I tell you something? You probably do the same thing. You know, you know how many people probably talk behind your back? Hello. Right? And, and let, let me ask you a question. Let's do a real quick poll. How many, of you have ever, have you, how many of you have ever found out someone was talking behind your back? Raise your hand. It's a lot of you, right? Y'all are just walking around offending people, right? That's just offensive, man. I mean, doing stuff to people. And, and, and so what happens is, I mean, so the point being, how many people have you offended, right? And not, not even realize. And so when we're looking at this command, it's like don't go talking behind someone's back like that. Don't have common conversation about them, slandering them and backbiting and all that kind of stuff. How about this? How about exaggerating? Is exaggerating lying, Right? Like you're exaggerating about how, ma how amazing you are. You're exaggerating about how terrible someone is. You're exaggerating about a situation, right? It was $100 turned into 1000 right? I mean, it's like, you know, just you, you, that stuff is lying. It's being dishonest, right? I mean, think about it. Withhold, what about withholding facts? Is that lying? Because yeah. right? a lot of people sometimes they feel like, well, I wasn't lying. I just didn't tell the whole so parents in the room, let me ask you a question. If your kids come to you and they tell you half a story, did they lie to you? Yes. 
Yes, they did. Are they going to get in trouble? Yes, they are, right? Depending on your level of whatever, right, they're going to be in trouble. The point of the matter is that standard doesn't change when you get older. That standard doesn't change. Well, I'm just not going to share. Wait a second. You're lying then. Be better off just not saying anything than telling half of the truth. How about this one? How about drawing your own conclusions and stating them as facts? Is that lying? Drawing your own conclusions and stating them as facts. Looking at the facts, right, and then saying, well, this is the reason why, and that's it. Hold on a second. Time out. Time out. Right? You're drawing conclusions and stating your conclusions as facts. When I was in the Corrections Academy, I remember going through one class, and it was, it was on report writing. And so whenever you're going to write a report that's going to be a legal document, you need to make sure that you are stating facts, not your opinion of facts, not things that you, when you write something, you need to make sure that you can substantiate every word that is there. And so it is that this person fell down. How do they fall? If I didn't see it, I don't know. Right? This person appeared drunk. Nope, that's not a fact. That is your assumption. Well, they smell like alcohol. What does alcohol smell like? I let that one sink in. But anyway, that was all part of our training. When you're going to write a report, it needs to be factual. Because if they read it in a court of law, what are they going to do? They're going to tear this thing apart and be like, man, this is a bunch of, uh, of opinions that are in there. This is a bunch of reading into scenarios and situations. But no, we need to know the facts. What happened? What is there? Listen, let the people determine what the reasonings are. Let them figure it out for themselves, right? But don't try to make opinions and make those facts. So all of that is us doing the wrong thing. See, here's what I want you to understand is that one of the greatest ploys of the enemy is to discredit the church. Are you here? He wants to discredit the church and, 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 and make our witness ineffective. Why? Because the truth doesn't matter to us. Our words are not going to matter in the culture. And so he wants to do that. And how does he do that? By us being false witnesses, it strengthens his ploy. Therefore, we must ensure that our communication about anyone or anything is rooted in fact, not fiction or fabrication. Are you here? We have to check our hearts and make sure that we're not just accepting these things as facts because it feels right. We're just accepting these things as truth because it seems accurate. We have to dig in and we have to check stuff out. The second thing I'll ask you to repeat after me is this. Say, we must consider the cause and consequences of being a false witness. We need to look at the cause. Why is it that people are false witnesses? I would say this. For social stability, honesty is essential. How many would agree with that? For social stability, honesty is essential. In other words, if Jonathan and I are going to have a relationship that is going to work as friends and we're going to be able to work together, I have to be able to trust his word. Is that not true? If he tells me he's going to be somewhere at a certain time and he's not there at a certain time, what does he prove? He proves that he is not trustworthy. If, if Jonathan says that he did something and he didn't do it, he proves himself not trustworthy and vice versa. If I tell him I'm going to be here at this time and I'm not there, if I tell him I did this and I didn't do that. So honesty is something that is important for us to have stability in our culture. Listen, it's just a reality that we have to have that. We have to have honest communication. We have to have honest relationships. And the problem is this. In a fallen world, you know what happens? We, we, we go with our feelings a lot more than we go with facts. 
We go with how we feel about stuff first, man. If I'm not feeling it, I mean, you got to be honest. If we're going to be honest, we, we have to be honest, right? We go with our feelings. We go with our gut. I mean, come on, man. How many of y'all know you go with your gut? Right? You go with how you feel, especially y'all that were raised a little ghetto, right? Because you like, everything was, if you didn't go with your gut, you could get killed. I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's just a reality, right? Like, you could get hurt. You could end up in trouble and stuff like that. And so you went with that, right? And so the reality is that that's how a lot of us are. We go with our gut rather than going with the facts. We go with how we feel rather than going with the facts. And then you know what we do? We try to find people who agree with our feelings, and we'll accept half-truths. Listen, this is the reason why Paul warns of a time where people will reject sound doctrine and go to what? Find teachers who will tickle their ears. Find teachers who will make them feel good about themselves. Because that's what they think church is about. So I got to come here and I'm going to feel better. And so why is it that most of us, and I'm not going to go through all of these scriptures, but I have a couple of scriptures here to point out and then one, one thing that's practical. But the first thing I'm going to say is you can write these scriptures down. Mark chapter 15 and verse 10 is one reference, and then also in that same, same reference uh, is, is, is Matthew chapter 26, verse 57 to 61. And the reason why these two become so important for the cause of, of, of our falsehood is because of what? Because they deal with the crucifixion of Jesus. And so whether you realize this or not, the crucifixion of Jesus, just like it was surrounded by thieves, it was also surrounded by falsehood and false witness against your neighbor. When you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 26, or verse 56 through 61, the, the religious leaders of that day, right? So the bishops of that day, the pastors of that day, the elders of that day, the spiritual and religious elite of that day, they were holding a, 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 a trial against Jesus. And you know what Matthew tells us? Matthew says they were seeking those who would bring false witness against Jesus. So people who were supposed to love God, people who were supposed to have a heart after God, they were not only accepting false witness against Jesus, they were seeking false witness against Jesus. And why does the Bible say that? Well, Mark clears that up for us because in Mark chapter 15, verse 10, it says that Pilate knew, and what, what Pilate was trying to do here is he was trying to release Barabbas, and so he asked him about releasing Barabbas, and it says he did that because he knew that the chief priests had given Jesus to them because they envied him. The reason why they were willing to accept false witness against Jesus was because their hearts were envious of him. Because they were jealous of him. Next week, we're going to talk about coveting. But here's the thing. The issue, the reason why we bear false witness against others is because of envy. Because we're trying to take advantage of the situation. Because we're trying to get over on them. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 17, another scripture you can write down. It tells us there not to think evil of one another. And one of the things that we do in our, in, in our daily lives is we have opinions of people. We think evil of people. Dr. Emerson Egridge, he wrote a book called Love and Respect. He's written others. But as we went through the study of love, of love and Respect a few years ago, one of the things that he says about husbands and wives is he's like, when you look at your spouse and you think about your spouse, you cannot think of them as being evil toward you. And that may seem like it makes, you know, like, oh, that's common sense. But here's the reality. When you're fighting, you know what you start to do? You start to think your spouse is the devil. <laughs> when you're in an argument, you start to think, man, this, this is a demon right here, right? Like, like, you're, like I mean, you're, you're, you're heated, and you're like, oh, you're making me, I mean, have, has anyone, I mean, I, I just know me, right? Like, I'm like, man, woman, you get me in the flesh. 
She's getting you in the flesh. No, you're getting in the flesh. Nobody can make you get in the flesh, right? But you blame them because they're demonic. You're, the devil is using you right now, right? Like that's the idea. And then what begins to happen is that we're in our marriages and we start to look at our spouse and we're like, man, you know, when they do something, like they meant evil for us. Like they wanted to hurt us. Like they're, like, like they're our opponent. You need to understand something. You and, and your marriages, this is just free, right? Because this, this got something to do with it. But here's the thing. You, need, you, 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 got, you guys need to, need to look at each other and understand, hey, man, you're not my enemy. You're not my opponent. We're on the same team. Are you here? But can I tell you something? The same principle applies within our relationships with others outside of our marriages. Because sometimes we look at people like they're the devil, man. That person's got a demon. And it's true. Some people are demon-possessed. I, I I'll give you that, right? But I will assure you, more, less people are demon-possessed, right, than the people you say are demon-possessed, right? Less people are demonic than you really think are demonic, right? But, and, and so we look at people from a certain perspective. And listen, it, it happens because we look at people through certain lenses in our lives. We look at people through political lenses. We look at people through racial lenses. We look at people through all of these different lenses, our experiences. We look at them through all of these areas, and we don't see people as people anymore. We don't. We see them as the political party they stand with. We see them as their race. We see them as their gender. We don't see them through the cross. And so it's important for us to check our hearts and be like, man, do I think evil of people? Because when I think evil of them, you know what that'll cause me to do? It'll cause me to lie about them. It'll cause me to fabricate stuff about them. It'll cause me to say things about them that are half-truths. It'll cause me to accept half-truths about people. That's what it'll cause me to do. And so it's important for us to check our heart. Are we envious? Are we, are we thinking evil of our neighbors? And the other thing that I think that is, that, that, that's so terrible and kind of alludes to this, that's just practical, is we blindly categorize and stereotype people all the time. All the time. You hear it. All men are. No, they're not. All women are. No, they're not. Well, all Puerto Rican women are. No, they're not. All Spanish men are. No, they're not. All white men are. No, they're not. All black men are. No, they're not. All Hispanics are. No, they're not. All Dominican. No, they're not. Well, all Irish. No, they're not. They're just not. It's not true. Some of them may be, but it's not all of them. And so what happens is, again, we start looking at people through these lenses, and then what happens? We end up in situations where we end up accepting false witness about people. We, we end up proclaiming false witness about people. We end up being people that are not people of the truth, but people of very strong opinions. And listen, opinions are not always good. They're not always right, and sometimes they create more division than truth does. Can I tell you something? The truth by itself causes division. Because when we talk about the truth, you're going to have to make a choice. Either get on this side or get on that side. That's just how it is. But what we do is we make people choose not just the truth, but we make them choose opinions as well. That's the reason why we got to be people of this book. We've got to be people that all of our truth, that the only, listen, this is where you need to fight for. This is, this is what I, the reason why we're going through the Ten Commandments is because of this, is because we need to be people that strive to have this be the lens through which we see everything. Are you here? 
That this word is the lens. That this is what we filter everything through is the scriptures. Not my opinions. Not my experiences. Not my biases. Not what I think it should be. No. What does God's word say? And can I tell you something? When you make a, make a point to be a person who decides that you are going to look at life through the lens of scripture, there are crystal clear things in God's word that there is no question about. Like murder is wrong, right? Lying is wrong. Stealing is wrong. Those are things that are black and white. Can I tell you something? There are some things in our lives that are not so black and white, but because you have the lens of scripture and you're looking at life through that lens, when you get to those things that are not so black and white, all of a sudden the spirit of God will lead you to the right decision because of what? Because your life has been altered by this word. Because the way that you look at life has been changed because your view of life is aligned to the scriptures and now when those questionable things come up, you know how to walk in truth. You know which side to be on. You know where to stand when scenarios rise up in our lives. And so what is this? So th- th- that's the cause. But what are the, are the consequences of us experiencing this or being people who bring falsehood? Well, the first thing is when whenever you're a false witness, you can potentially harm another person to the point of a loss of things and re- loss of relationships, even to the point of total destruction where some people, because you've lied about them so much, they commit suicide. Are you here? Right? Because you lied about them so much, they've, they've hurt themselves. They've lost so many things. I mean, you, can, you, know, you, you realize that you can lie about someone to the point where they end up losing their job. They end up losing every single thing that they had. And then they feel worthless and hopeless. And then they end up doing what? They end up committing suicide or something like that. Because they feel like the, word, the world is better without them. You know, you can also lie about someone so bad, you lie about them to the wrong person. And guess what? You get someone killed. Hello, somebody. Right? My daughter yesterday, she was telling me a story about school. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I, 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 don't, I don't even think I realized how much I love my daughter until she told me this story. Because she's telling me this story in school. I'm not going to tell the story, but she was telling me this story. And I want you to know, y'all, y'all want to know the story, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> But it, it was a situation that happened. It's one of her, what, what I would call one of her first um, adult situations that she's had to deal with. And as she sat there and told me this story, I had to bite my tongue and bite the side of my mouth like, like 50 times because I just wanted to cry because my heart was like so. And then, you know, I, I thought I was good, right? And, then, and so at the end, I was like, I, and I'm about to cry now, but at the end, I was like, baby, I just want to tell you I'm proud of you. And I couldn't even get those words out, man. And, 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 and so, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to, you know, to, to, to these, the, these communications. But but I say that because you know what? I've, and, I, man, I say, and I say this as your bishop, as your pastor. I believe I could kill somebody for my daughter. And I'm not trying to be, I'm just being real. Like, I really believe. And so if someone was lying to me about something and I killed them, I mean, think about that. And I'm, I'm just a dad, right? Like, I love my daughter. I love my wife. Like, if something, I mean, this is, I mean, this is real, right? I mean, and so the point is, when we lie about stuff, When we're not telling the truth, man, we can cause some real damage to someone's life. The other side of this is that not only can we cause damage to someone else's life, but then we become known as gossips. Then we become known as liars, not truth bearers. Those are the consequences when we're dealing with lies and we're bearing false witness. The third thing is this. Say this with me. We must seek to be faithful witnesses. We must seek to be faithful witnesses. 
And so the reality is that we have to know what does it mean to be a false witness, right? We got to know that. We have to understand the cause and the consequence so we can look at what's going on. But we can also know the consequences of this. But as a result of all of that, we need to at the same time strive to be faithful witnesses. To be faithful witnesses, to deal with scenarios in our lives that we are faithful as witnesses for Jesus. Turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians because we always want to look at the New Testament. We want to see uh, what is going on in the New Testament in regard to the, to the Ten Commandments. And what we find here in chapter 4 and verse 25, it says this. Sorry, I have the. I was in Ephesians. I mean, I was in Galatians, not Ephesians. So Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, it says this. It says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Therefore, putting away lying. Let us speak the truth to one another because we are members of one another. Let us speak the truth to our neighbor. And the reference, the, the reference there to that part that's italicized in parentheses, that is Zechariah chapter 8, verse 17. So we're not going to turn there. But, but Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, that's the, that, that's the verse that we're talking about, the motivation of the heart. But what, 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 what Zechariah is prophesying about, he's talking about the new, the new Israel, the new Jerusalem. He's talking about the way that we should deal with each other in that place. And then Paul, in his, exp in his expounding on the Old Testament, communicating to the New Testament church, he tells them, don't lie to one another. Don't be dishonest with one another. That we need to be a people of truth. Here's what I want you to get. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. Please hear that. Liars, lying is not something that we take lightly. There's no white lies, pink lies, purple lies, blue lies, red lies, um, rainbow lies. There are no, they're not lies. Those lies are all lies, and all of them will experience anyone who is given to them, if they do not repent of their sin, will spend eternity separated from God for being a liar. And so we have to take this seriously when we look at this command, because this command is supposed to bring us someplace. And we learned this in the beginning, the, the commands of God are supposed to bring us to Christ. And so if you're in here today, and I'm assuming you're probably like me, you realize, man, I've been a liar in some areas. I might have told some half-truths. I might have kept the truth back. I might have thought I was doing a good thing by not telling the whole truth or something like that. And you realize, man, I can't, I'm, 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 I'm guilty. So the beauty of this when we're guilty is if we will be humble and say, you know what, God, I can't just stop lying and I'm going to fix myself because guess what? Even if by luck, and I don't believe in luck, so what I'm saying is this will never happen, but even if by luck you never lied ever again and you were never dishonest ever again, you know what? There are nine other commands and you're going to break one of those. More than once, which makes you guilty. In other words, you can't do anything to appease God, and that's the gospel, is that we are separated from God by our sin, by our birth, by our decisions, and we cannot make ourselves right with God. We cannot clean ourselves up. It is only by the power of the gospel that Jesus, what he did for us, he died in our place. He, he, he took our lies. He took our filth on himself, and he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of him who died for us. That we can come to him with our hearts and say, God, forgive me for being a liar. But don't just forgive me for being a liar. Help me to be a truth bearer. 
Help me to be one who lives. Help me to be one who does this, who puts away lying, who speaks the truth to my neighbor and remembers that we are members of one another. We need the truth. You understand that? We need the truth. Just look back right there in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 15. Look what it says. It says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things, into him who is the head. Speaking the truth in love. We need the truth. We need the truth to grow. And we can't be lying to one another. We can't be lying to each other because we are part of one another. We must recognize that our collective maturity depends upon us speaking the truth and love as members of one another to allow lies. Now listen to me when I say this. To allow lies about each other to infiltrate the church is to give the enemy room to divide us and hinder us from being effective in the mission of making disciples. Hear me. When I make this statement, we cannot allow the lies that the enemy wants to bring about one another to infiltrate the church. And so let me say it to everyone in this room right now, everybody that calls Core Faith home, absolutely 100%. Don't let lies about someone else overwhelm your heart. Have conversations. Talk to people. And listen, confront them with whatever needs to be confronted. But don't let lies infiltrate the church. Don't let lies divide us because then we end up staying in our corner, your corner, and that's what we do. But let me say this as well. Don't allow the lies that are bigger, that are about the church to divide us. Are you here? Don't allow those lies. Listen, right now you have, you, you have there, there is so much, and there has always been this attack against the church from the enemy. It's not just all of a sudden in 2017 or 2018. Listen, the enemy has always been on the attack of the church. The enemy, you know why? He wants to silence your voice. He doesn't want to make you an effective voice out there. But can I tell you something? Don't let the media label us. I don't listen. I don't care who it is. I don't care what they're saying, how well intentioned they may be. Don't allow them to bring division to us. Listen, there's a big thing about evangelicals. And if I could get real deep on it, I will for a moment. It's about white evangelicals. Listen to me. The word evangelicals, don't let the media hijack that word and let us be divided over that. Look at some history and why that word even exists and what that word even means. Because for long enough, the church has allowed people to take words and hijack them and make them mean something that they don't you look at the rainbow you don't even want your kids to draw rainbows today because you think it's about something else yet they could be sitting in children's church learning about the covenant that God made with his people and because we've allowed the culture to hijack biblical truth then we're take we're letting them have power and authority that they do not deserve and so what I'm saying is I'm not going to let the culture hijack evangelical like it's bad to be one I am one and I'm proud to be and let me say it like this I'm proud to stand next to my white evangelical evangelical, black evangelical, Puerto Rican evangelical. I'm proud to be with all of them. You know why? Because we agree on and we stand upon the truth of God's word. We may disagree politically. We may disagree on some social issues, but when it comes to the fundamentals of truth, I'm not going to let anyone make me be divided from my brothers and sisters. Because then what we do is we give the enemy the foothold. And you know what we start doing? We start dividing over this stuff. And then we're over here doing, you know, the spiritual rock, paper, scissors. Because we don't want to beat each other up. We just want to win an argument, right? And so we're over here in corners while the enemy is taking people to hell. While the enemy is getting people out of church. While the enemy is doing all of this other kind of stuff. Church, we got to rise up and say, look, we're going to be people of the book. We're going to be people of truth. We're not going to bear false witness about our neighbors. We're not going to accept that every this person or that person is like that because it's a lie from the pit of hell. 
It's not true. It's not true about me. It's not true about you. It's not true about them. And we as the body of Christ need to stand up and say, hey, guys, we are the body of Christ. We're not going to allow the enemy to divide us. We're going to be people of truth, and we're going to maintain our voice in the culture. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here's my closing question. Are you committed to living in the truth? Are you committed to living in the truth? Are you committed to living in the truth of God's word? Are you committed to living in the truth of what's going on in the culture? I mean, address it. Listen, argue with it, wrestle with it. Listen, confront your brothers and your sisters. I am grateful for relationships with all types of folks. People that, listen, from a, from a doctrinal standpoint, we disagree. From political standpoints, we disagree. I'm cool with diversity. But here's what I do know is that with those people, we get along so well because we agree on Jesus. We agree on who Jesus is. We agree on what Jesus did. We build upon that. And we may wrestle and we may argue and we may debate and we may have some conversations that are intense. But you know what? It's only because they and I want to live in the truth. That's it. And so let's wrestle for the truth. Let's fight for the truth. But let's walk in unity in the truth. Amen? Amen. So I stand up, feet. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today. We humble our hearts before your presence. And we ask you, God Almighty, that you forgive us for lying. Forgive us for bearing false witness. Forgive us for accepting false testimony about anyone, God. Forgive us for not digging in to truth or digging into claims before we spread them. Forgive us for even accepting claims just because we trust sources rather than really looking at the truth. Jesus, that's what puts you on the cross. They accepted the words of false witnesses. And we're grateful that those lies prevailed that day. But we know that you died. That way lies would never prevail again. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to be people of truth. Help us to stand up for the truth and help us to live for your glory and for your honor. And I pray, God, that as you've exposed the areas where we've lied, the areas where we've allowed division in the church today, today, God, Draw us nearer to one another. Draw us near to your truth, Lord God. Help us to build bridges where there have been walls in the past. Help us to not allow our prejudices to win. But may the name of Jesus be glorified. And may your kingdom come. May your will be done on the earth as it is in the heavens, God. We thank you for all of this. We pray these things in Jesus' good name. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand of praise. He's worthy.